What is going on, everybody? This is Matt Rinke, the founder of Illumination Wealth. I am really pumped because I have a good friend and uh, inspiration of mine, Ryan Shortill, uh, with us today. Ryan is the founder of Positive Adventures, which is an experiential education company that provides business uh, ed education, team leadership uh, in San Diego and throughout the country. In addition, uh, Ryan is the incoming EO San Diego Entrepreneurs Organization in San Diego president, and he's also a business trainer for companies throughout the country, traveling all over and doing it remotely now and dealing with all those technological things that come along with it. So thanks for being here, Ryan. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's great to see you. Well, thank you so much, young man. It's been a while. I'm glad that we are still in it together. We've had a long and colorful career together. Yeah, absolutely. So anything that I might have missed that you want to share just about what you, who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah. Sure thing. I'm a, a Sagittarius. I have two children. I'm the, originally from the great state of New Hampshire. My town, Dover, was founded in 1623. Got some good roots back there. Grandma's still there. But yeah, we do a lot of executive retreats. We do off-sites. We do corporate social responsibility programs, outdoor education for, you know, private schools and camps in the summer for public schools. We're really anywhere there's an opportunity where we can get people together, we can live, learn, and grow together. Unfortunately, it's a bad season for groups right now, but there's been a lot of exciting changes along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that. I mean, I know this environment is kind of upending how we work and how we communicate, you know, in every like industry, you know, practically. And yours is one of those where you get together, you go out in the wilderness, you do trainings. Like, tell me a little bit about like what's going on at your company and how you guys are navigating through this. Well, you know, I can say that I jumped into becoming an online business trainer very quickly. Uh, in the last two weeks, I have trained EO Reno, EO Colorado, EO Fort Worth. Uh, a couple the week before, I did EO Houston, EO Austin. Uh, I did San Diego, and so I've been training CEOs all over the country. Recently, with COVID, I've been doing that for years, but now I'm walking into rooms with 40 people on a Zoom call, and I'm getting excellent feedback. It's entertaining. It's engaging. Most people were a little nervous of spending six to seven hours watching a Zoom, but I don't have them sitting down the whole time. If they talk on mute, we have to do jumping jacks, the whole room, all these things, coming them up with it. But as business, as business goes, it was a really interesting time. I had just hired a new CEO. Her name was Melissa uh, Jay Cox Lopez. She was uh, CEO of the year in San Diego in 2016. And she came on and two weeks later, COVID happened. So uh, basically, I hired a CEO, drove my business into the ground. Uh, in all fairness, she's done an amazing job. We're getting really good, quick information from our network in the entrepreneurs organization. Uh, I was able to get PPP money. I was able to get a San Diego grant. We've been able to apply it in a variety of ways. You know, I took out some money on the line of credit at the very beginning just in, to ensure that it wasn't going to be frozen. Yep. Uh, I made a lot of different moves. I did a lot of cleanup and catch up by freezing all of my uh, laid off staff's credit cards. It showed all of the different little weekly or monthly charges of a $9 software or a $2 a month thing in that. And so what we first did was we looked at how to batten down the hatches 
and restrict all sorts of spending. And then we figured out how we can pivot to do more online work, which we're doing. We just did a virtual escape room for a group of CEOs in San Diego, California. So that was nice. We're making progress. Yep, absolutely. But I did lay off 60 people, sadly. Wow. Unbelievable. And I think when we spoke or you kind of shared one of the trainings that I had to be a part of is that, yeah, people have had to let go of people with the intention that hopefully we're able to bridge this gap and bring everybody back together. And your company was founded on relationships and the, a unique company culture. Even though you let people go, are you doing anything now to like still maintain this positive adventure culture despite the distance and changes that you made? Absolutely. So what I did is I said, look, folks, uh, we're not going to be able to work together, but I want you to know that the office is available. No one's there. If you want to go in there and have quiet study time, you know, we tried to help everyone get into their unemployment. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we did is uh, we said, look, you can all stay on the Slack channels. Let's maintain that community, post your workouts, post the things you're doing in the garden. Uh, I've been, I've been checking in with the people that were, potentially gonna come back on, as well as the people that we knew that we couldn't really keep on, just checking in on them in a personal way, you know, rather than calling them and say, hey, did you get that report done? Or, hey, you know, what's up with this next client? It's, you know, hey, how are you today? And mm -hmm. what's going on? And what are you hopeful for? And, and they, I think they've really appreciated that. And uh, something that the EO San Diego chapter did was they made care packages for everyone. So I think that could be something coming down the line as we finish everything up. But what we are doing is using this time for cleanup and catch up and we're rebuilding our website. Uh, we're reorganizing, we're rebranding. We had attempted and planned to do that all in the first and second quarter, uh, but we would have been busy and doing a lot of work. Now we have these three hour meetings and we're talking website and development and it's actually probably a really good time to be building out these kinds of systems and process. Clean up and catch up as I call it. Yeah, absolutely. So things aren't stopping. You're able to tackle some big, important pro priorities and projects now that you have this space and time. Yeah, I think like what you hear from most grandparents is like after retirement, things actually get pretty busy. I'm busier now than ever. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm on a call every 15 seconds, it seems like. Right, right. I know I'm living with our in-laws right now and our kids are, you know, we're all in one house. So I can see how busy retirement is for them at this point. So I get it. I get it. Keep stacking uh, it. <laughs> absolutely. So you're used to being in the outdoors, you're used to running retreats, and now you're doing these online learnings, you know, and everyone's communicating virtually. Are there things that doing that like still work like working well in your virtual training and your virtual communications that all of us business owners should be aware of to like make it effective when we're running our meetings sure thing i've actually you know when i spend a seven hour training day with 40 ceos on zoom i've learned quite a few things over the last say 10 trainings um you know and and that's quite a bit that's 70 hours of practice and yeah. i'm part of a larger training community in the world and we're all sharing our updates I'm not in extremely tech savvy. I don't have five monitors going on, but I've learned that you can actually use template polls. So mm. you can, when you have a meeting, you can start and open or close with polling and get your entire participants to shoot polls. Uh, another thing that you can do is on the chat section, you can, uh, on the side, you can just ask questions and they can write yes, no, uh, or move faster, move slower. I need a break. So you can get quick pulses on your team. Yeah. Uh, I was sharing with you right as well as we began, 
you can do touch up my appearance. What the camera doesn't know is I, I'm really 93. Uh, I was born quite a bit ago, but the way the touch up appearance works, you know, I've never worked with a lot of filters. I don't take any, I've never used like a filter on my iPhone. I'm just, I, I'm not that tech interested, but it's been fun learning the system of Zoom. And, and uh, what I've learned is you've got to do some things that bring people together. An example could be something like, hey, uh, next Zoom meeting tomorrow, since we're all home, bring one of the most important items that you own. Maybe it uh, has the most meaning or value to you. It came from your great grandmother, or maybe it was the fountain pen that you signed all your business paperwork with. And when you have a meeting of 10, 20 people, even 40 people, and you ask them to just speak briefly about something that is of meaning to them, you can learn so much about the person. You know, this guy does the class ring. This guy does the Bible from his passed away brother. And you get to connect with those people. Um, and you can do little fun things. Scavenger hunts. Uh, did you freeze? Did I freeze? Yeah, for a sec, but it looked good. <laughs> Edit that one out. Uh, you can do little, you know, uh, breakout rooms. You can basically give a prompt. Hey, I want, uh, you know, we're about to start this meeting. There's 20 of us. I want you all to share uh, a highlight that you had last year and how has COVID, uh, you know, helped you. And then you break them up into break breakout rooms. You send the prompt over a banner. They're chit-chatting away. You come back. And then you say something like, what did you hear from someone else? And then that kind of demonstrates your listening capabilities, your capacity to empathize. And it just, it still brings people together. I'm, you know, even though we're online, it still feels very much like I'm breaking the group out on the field or, you know, at, at the boardroom. So it's, it's been an easy transition in a way. Although I like to move around a lot. I have to stay at, in front of the screen, but I pace when I train. You know, I go to this side of the room and this side of the room. I'm literally sitting on my hands right now. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I understand. It's hard, to sit, it's hard to just sit and be stuck behind this computer. I totally get it. I totally get it. So you're talking to all these other CEOs various industries, various parts of the company, is there uh, country, is there anything that you're seeing that like CEOs are might be like getting wrong in this environment that is changing business rapidly, like common commonality? Yeah. 100%, it seems like big banks, uh, the big banks are really failing a lot of the entrepreneurs and it's the, uh, the local banks and the community banks which are rising to the occasion. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are jumping from the big banks to the small banks. I did a long time ago. Uh, I, I switched everything into a credit union. I get really low interest rates. You know, they don't have the track record of, say, Wells Fargo, which is putting on all the fake accounts for people or really high interest rates uh, from Chase or whatever it may be. Or U.S. Bank actually froze my account because I tried to take out three grand in cash. It's yeah. like they it was really bizarre. So, you know, the big banks are, are I think they've really failed America. And I think the community banks are becoming more localized. I also think that um, a lot of business owners aren't sure what to do, but you've got to find your, your industry group. You've got to find other people to connect with because it's the interchange of information in times of crisis, which can accelerate you or bring you down. And like I said before, because of the networking and the, the, the people that I know in my network, we're able to develop faster relationships and get more things accomplished, which we maybe not been able to do as a standalone business owner 
uh, or a person that works in a business who's not engaging with the people around them. Mm. Yeah, super, power, super powerful. And then on the other hand, what are the leaders that you're working with, some of the CEOs that you're communicating with, like doing right? And how are they leading through this in a positive way for their companies? Well, you know, I think taking care of the employee, whether they're let go or back on the team is an important piece. And, and mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people do that, which is really good. And I think a good piece of information now is it's as a business owner, it's not the time to do tone deaf marketing and here's a 10% discount, but it's how can you be a resource? How can you make yourself available? How can you create sliding scales? How can you potentially offer some free service to develop and foster a greater relationship? And businesses are doing that. Uh, I also think that by demonstrating in the community what you are doing right and good, still continues positive PR. You know, we, we built 190 care packages, volunteering with some friends, passed those all out to uh, folks all over San Diego. And, and, that, and that felt good. You know, it feels good to do good things for other people. Uh, similarly, we're seeing people raise, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to feed emergency workers all across America. People in times of crisis really want to help. Yeah. We saw it with 9-11. We're seeing it here you know, people are going out of their way. They're setting up free food tables on the community streets and sharing it on social media. So it's times like these that we have to remind ourselves, you have a choice to be a good person or a person that's not making the best choices. And I think the, the healthier and the better the thinking and the more you can support others, the in turn will help our community as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. I love, I love seeing how everyone's, you know, a lot of these companies are taking something that has been a difficult thing for them, but they're, they're just leaning into it and helping other people. And uh, it's great. You know what, you know what some people are doing really right. You in particular is your shirt matches the background so perfectly with the sunset. You really ought to do some more interviews with that shirt. You're like color coordinated to the waves. Yeah, you, you, you know, you, you'll, you'll light me up, Ryan. So I yeah, just, you're, um, you're a fashion plate of perfection. Uh, what can I say? I, I do what I can. I do what I can. My wife ordered this, so I got lucky. Nice. Um, so yeah, no, that's fantastic. And so not like as you view business, you know, you, you're you're a CEO of a company. You have a lot of employees. And you've grown tremendously. Do you like view business risk differently now that we've got, we're experiencing what we're experiencing? Do you think like risk has changed for business owners? You know, it really, it's the face of business is changing in the sense that I heard, I heard something that, you know, it was really, it was like under 10% of American workers uh, were working remotely, you know, six months ago. And now the bulk of us are working remotely. Yep. And with that, a lot of us are actually still productive, still getting it done. And for some people, actually, maybe even more productive because there's less interruptions and hassles from the work sense. There might be a kid running through. Some people are definitely pining to get back to the office. But I think commercial real estate is going to have a difficulty, mm. just like the, the malls of the 80s with, with so much online, mar you know, online selling and whatnot, 80s, 90s. Malls have had to learn to redevelop. You go to the malls now where I was growing up as a kid and they're vacant, they're empty, they're office parks. But then what's going to happen with all those big buildings? You know, and then we're also seeing great environmental advancements in the sense that we're not out there destroying it as much. So it's almost like potentially the Earth Mother had a bit of an immune system response to us and kind of had to put us in our place. Sure. So 
the business of the future, I think more people are going to be health conscious. Wellness is going to continue to explode. Some of the older uh, and tired methods are dissipating, you know, being, you know, 80 hours a week grinding out. I think that might not be the case and people are slowing down. The pace of life is slowing down. People are gardening, they're getting into sourdough starters, baking bread. Oh yeah. Well, two years ago, if you said the word carbs, they'd try to kick you out of the town. But <laughs> now people are like, all I want is bread. I can't even buy a bag of flour at Costco. So you're seeing a whole market trend shift. You know, you can't buy chickens anywhere. It's just yep. hard to get, you know, egg laying chickens. It's just everybody wants to get back to the basics. Yep. which was in effect a lot like early New Hampshire when I was growing up. Everyone had a garden. People went out hunting and fishing. And so I think we're seeing people getting back to basics and, and not being so busy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's a lot of good that's coming out of something that's difficult for many, just getting back in touch with what's might be really important, you know, uh, community-wise, environmentally, family-wise, how we spend our time. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, if I would have told you this, you know, at the, in 2019 that what we've experienced with COVID and coronavirus was going to happen, would you have done anything differently, you know, inside of your business? Yeah, 100%. And I'm kicking myself in the butt for not doing it because some really astute business folks that I know, they were doing recession drills mm -hmm. uh, in the fall of last year. They right. said, hey, look, high tide isn't going to last forever. The tide eventually drops. Nothing blooms forever. Nature doesn't, doesn't work that way. Um, and so some of my, my friends were doing re recession drills and they were doing, what if we lost 25%? What if we lost 50%? What if we lost 75% of our income and revenue? And that create, when you run those models, that, that creates triggers of behavior that need to take place. And so when, when this happened, they already had the fire drill worked out. They immediately switched into action. Yeah. We weren't exactly sure what was going to go on and what was going to happen. But I did take to heart some very key mentors that were very forward with me. And they said, cut deep, cut fast, and cut wide. Because you could potentially run out all of your cash reserves with no work to do. And then there's not really any business to run after. So um, if I knew this was coming, to, and fortunately, I actually have some, some friends living in China. So I had been talking to them. You know, uh, they were friends from, you know, here in the States. But... I was talking to them and they're like, man, this is coming. This is going to wipe out society as we know it in certain, you know, for a certain extent. And I had mentioned that with some of my other groups. And of course, you know, even in January, oh, it's not such a big deal. I'm like, I don't know, guys, like this could be a real problem. But what I didn't do, knowing and doing are two different things. Sure. And I knew we probably should have, um, you know, winterized a little quicker. Uh, and or maybe not started on a web development and a rebrand, but we are using some of the PPP money to build out the website um, and hired on W2 employees that are designers and things like that. So we're making the very best of it. But yeah. I probably would have not had such ambitious goals if I had known that my entire company was about to be swallowed. Right. Yeah, no, understood. I mean, I like what you said, doing the recession drills, right? Like preparing for the emergency before the emergency happens. I mean, what, what we're experiencing now was not on anyone's real radar when that was the case. This has been different than probably most recessions that anyone's ever really experienced because of the swiftness and the abruptness of it. Uh, and you shared some, you know, financial nuggets uh, along the way. So like, I guess, what would you do differently with your business and personal finances 
going forward now that you know you have experienced this and yeah what would you change there so i think what's important to realize is you don't want to build out a team in preparation of scale you want to add people as the scale arrives you know, uh, in, in, when my, my business was less mature, I had realized that I was burning out some people. And it was partly that I wasn't hiring enough people, but at the same time, I wasn't developing the systems and the process to make it more efficient. And I believed that I could probably do almost the same amount of revenue with half the team by learning how to become much more efficient and or uh, basically making sure I have the right person in the right seat on the bus. Because yeah. if I have people burning out managing, you know, a 50% workload, but I could get another person who just loves a certain aspect of the work and can crush it and can do 90% of that workload, then I know where I stand, you know? And so sometimes as a business grows, um, you outgrow the people. And sometimes as the business grows, you have to grow the people. But the person that was outputting so much growing with you, you could potentially have a rock star come in and he was already three levels above. So I think moving forward, we have to be much more careful with the staff that we're bringing on because they tend to be the most, you know, expensive to the line, you know, right. it's salaries. It's not office supplies or, you know, a company party. It's generally two or three people's livelihoods. That's a lot of money. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And so having the right team, what would you say to the business owner that you know, has had challenges letting go of things or delegating? Because I know one of the things for you was early on in your business was quickly like getting an assistant and just you know, making sure things were delegated. How does somebody who's been, you know, who's the CEO, controls the business, like continue to let go? What are some of the things that that person needs to do to let go and delegate? Well, here's an interesting thing about letting go and delegating and similar to a recession drill. What happens if when you're walking outside, you slip and bump your head and now you're, you're going to be say incapacitated for a month. Like right. do you have a plan in place for your personal life and business. Mm. Do you have a will and trust in place? Yep. Nobody plans for these things, but the ones that do when it does happen, they say, geez, the great forethought. I had a brother who passed away suddenly who was also an entrepreneur and he had a meeting on the calendar to get life insurance the following month and he didn't have it when he passed away. He also didn't have a will. He also didn't have any way to transfer anything and so we were left struggling. So what the first thing I would say is, is you're a business owner, you've got to reach out and get a will going. You've got to get a trust going. You might think it's morbid, but for God's sakes, you do not want to see the outcome of what happens when you disappear because it's not pretty. Everyone's sitting around the the kitchen table trying to figure out what you wanted or uh, what to do with the business and then it becomes complicated and you might potentially be saddling uh, somebody else with all of your problems whereas if you have say a key man policy and it shifts to your number two and the family gets a major payout or maybe you have a succession plan these are things that people don't want to talk about but now more than ever it's important to be talking about them because you might have a little more time on your hands. Yep. You might recognize that, you know, mortality is real and any one of us could get sick and not come back out of it, especially now. Right. So it's a good time to, at the very least, jot it down on a piece of paper with a few witnesses and then make the appointment with the lawyer because, you know, if you want to be cremated and you don't tell anybody that, then that changes things. 
So uh, that's one thing. The next thing is, is as the, the business owner, you might actually, in effect, have let go of every single person. So you might actually be doing every job now. Uh, but I would say now's the time to delegate the skill sets that aren't necessarily your unique ability and talent to somebody else so that you can maximize that what you're best at. Yeah. For example, if, if you're a great speaker, but you spend on average three hours a week sending out calendar invites and meeting reminders, that's not your unique talent. But for tell $15, $20 an hour, you can have someone take all these little simple tasks and get those out of the way so yeah. that you can really focus on what you do best. And right now, every business owner needs to figure out their runway, their cash burn, and where they're going to be getting revenue. Because for some people, they're not sure. Other people are doing great. In this case, you're scaling. And yeah. you know that's a little bit easier, but just as hard. Right. You know, scaling and having lots of money has just as many problems as uh, going out of business. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, fantastic insights. I mean, so many things that I've, I've just taken away from your conversation right now to think about and, and do and more and more. How do I keep doing more of what I'm good at, where I thrive and less of the other things that somebody else thrives at. And so, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, like where can people find more about you, about your training, about your company? Because I, you know, I think a lot of people need to be in touch with you. There are no problems. So the company is positiveadventures.com. My email address is Ryan at positiveadventures. And uh, I, 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 dot com. I really like phone calls. I love chatting with people. I invite you to call, reach out, let's talk, let's break bread. I would maybe encourage us to go for a run or meet at a yoga class. I love meeting and getting to know people in outdoor spaces doing activities. Positiveadventures.com. Probably not going to be able to meet for a while. Uh, Ryan at positiveadventures.com. You can see us on Facebook. Uh, we're around. We're around the way. You know, come hang out. We're, we always are wanting to chat and make friends. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And I appreciate you very much for uh, taking the time and, uh, you know, sharing with us all that you have. So it means a lot. Thank you. Well, let me ask you, what's one of the, the biggest positive takeaways that have happened to you since COVID? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I guess I would break that up uh, in a couple different buckets. Like business-wise, I think our distance uh, as a company, like everyone's working remotely, has allowed us to foster more of our communication and cultural things that we need to be doing that we can't be doing. So we've, we're tightening up our communication, our meeting rhythms, we're getting clear on our priorities and goals individually and as a company due to this. It's just heightening our awareness of all those things versus day-to-day -day reactivity. And that's been really positive for us. Um, and personally, you know, I'm experiencing this living with, you know, my in-laws who are fantastic and my kids. And so, uh, you know, my wife and kids and there's six of us in a house and, you know, there's just more time to be together, more time sitting down, having dinner together. Uh, and just having that presence and family uh, has been, you know, just kind of invaluable and priceless. And so, yeah, I'm grateful that we're all under one roof together doing this and uh, going through this. So, uh, yeah. What a gift. You know, what a gift. Yeah. You know, there, there's that saying that this is the time that uh, we might remember all the stressful activities and the unknowns and the unsure is where our children remember, you know, uh, 
late dinners and long conversations and reading books and spending quality time with our family in a way. I know that there are a lot of parents out there who weren't spending as much time with their children because they were caught up, they were busy, they were working hard. So remember, you can't get that time back. So uh, keep in mind, one of your most critical investments are your children. And I know business owners, they read 52 business books a year. And when I ask them, how many books have you read on parenting? It's usually none. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, these are the people that are going to be taking care of us when we're decrepit and old, which is only in a few more years, Matt. I know. I'm getting so gray. I know. I got All right. It's been a great time catching up with you. Yes, it has. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Nope.